Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to the Pivot with Purpose podcast, a podcast all about helping you identify and navigate your next move in life or career with confidence. I'm your host, Megan Houle, a one-stop shop for all things recruiting, professional development, and career pivots. And through my insights and our guest conversations, these episodes will help you to shift your mindset, change your direction, and change your life. Let's dive in. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of Pivot with Purpose. Today on the show, we have Meha Agrawal, who is the founder and CEO of Silk and Sonder, a San Francisco-based, VC-backed, self-care and self-improvement brand that uses guided journaling, emotional health tracking, and other research-backed techniques from CBT, positive psychology, bullet journaling, and personal development frameworks to help women across every generation, Gen Z through boomers, improve their daily well-being and accelerate their personal growth. So before Silk and Sonder, Meha was a software engineer and product manager for Goldman Sachs, Stitch Fix, and The Muse to highlight a few of her early career highlights on her path to entrepreneurship. And alongside Silk and Sonder, Meha also launches digital courses and has ebooks on entrepreneurship and personal development. She leads immersive professional and personal growth workshops for companies and advises founders and leaders on how to level up their mindset, business, and lives. Because let's face it, life is too short not to be in the driver's seat of your life. You guys, I love Silk and Sonder journaling, and these journals are so incredible. So I cannot wait for you to listen to Meha's story. We're kicking off a new year coming up. Invest in these journals. I promise you, you'll be in such a beautiful community with Hook and Sonder and set yourself up for success as we head into 2024. So all the links are in the show notes to check out the journals and more Meha's story and enjoy the episode. Meha, welcome to the Pivot with Purpose podcast. How are you? Thank you so much for coming on. Long time coming, my friend. It's so good to have you. I'm so excited to be here. I'm doing well, and I can't wait to chat on all the things. So tell me as we dive in, and we're going to get through into your career pivots, like where are we catching you now? Like what's going on? What season era are you in? Are you Swifty? Like what's... (laughs) (laughs) Um, So you're catching me right towards the end of the year. It's uh, where we're approaching the last month of the year, which is always our busiest time of the season. So... I've been working on Silk and Sonder, which I'm sure we'll get into for the past couple of years, and November, December, January, while the rest of the world is unwinding, taking their holiday breaks, my team and I are in full gear just trying to get Silk and Sonder into the hands of as many uh, women as possible because new year, new me, and I am so ready for 2024, the year of more, whatever more means to you more balance, more money, more abundance, more 
prosperity, whatever it is, I'm just, I'm here for it. So that's the season you're catching me in, uh, all, all, uh, cylinders firing. I love it. No. And, um, I think it's going to be a great time as our episode launches and right. People are thinking about new year's. I don't know. I'm not a huge resolution person because I feel like when you resolve to do something, maybe you're putting force behind it. Sometimes it doesn't always stick more of maybe Mm -hmm. building habits and healthy routines, which I think journaling and really setting intentions and for all that you offer in Silk and Sonder, we'll totally get into it, gives you a pathway, right? To stay on track and stay consistent and you almost look forward to it, right? You get up and you're like, okay, I got to do my rituals or whatever that means. But truly, it's not just like this woo-woo like rituals and I just have so many friends and I'm sure you and I are cut from the same cloth that like truly like live by these boundaries of like, this is like a non-negotiable for my mornings, right? I feel like we all have those non-negotiables. Why not be able to add something like this in that really sets up your day for success? But also, 100%. you get to kind of like release some things. And I know you have all kinds of cool exercises. So I can't wait to jump into it. But in the heart of this podcast, your career journey is one where what you're doing today is not necessarily where you started. So can you share a bit about your background and journey from really being in finance to a software engineer to becoming CEO of Silk and Sonder? Sonder, what were some of those pivotal moments in that journey to lead to lead you, you know, where you are today. Yeah. Absolutely. So I think, you know, when I think about my career trajectory, it really traces back and stems from my upbringing and childhood. So I'm the first child of South Asian immigrants. My dad's a professor. My mom also worked at the university. Um, You know, he taught computer science. So growing up, I was really made to believe that success would be in one of four paths. I could be an academic, a lawyer, a doctor, or an engineer. And so, you know, I I think back to who I was at my core, you know, pre-kindergarten, I was always playing outside. I was playing with my Barbies. I loved puzzles. I loved math, but I also liked reading. Like there was just so much multi-dimensionality to my day-to-day. And then I got forced into structure and I happened to be good academically. And so that began this path of chasing gold stars, building safety nets, really anchoring in this idea of my parents sacrificed everything to give me and my sister the better life. So I should do the things I'm capable of doing that will bring you know money to the table. And so ended up studying computer science and business. That was a very strategic decision at the time because I knew in my gut that I had many interests. And so if I wanted to be an engineer, I wanted to pick a discipline that would give me the flexibility to work in a variety of industries. And so computer science was a golden ticket, right? People don't realize that computer science is really this, uh, it's not, you know, just programming and and building, um, you know, software, it's really the study of solving problems. And I didn't realize it at the time, but it's been such a valuable tool to have that training under my belt. At the time, I was like, oh, I don't like computer science. It's so hard, but because I can do it, I'll just do it anyways. And so that's what led me to start my career out at, you know, Goldman Sachs in New York, uh, building financial software for the liquidity risk trading division, and then uh, quickly realized finance was not my calling nor my interest. And so joined the startup industry, worked for a company called The Muse, which was led 
uh, by Catherine Minshew and Alex Kavalakis. And that was my first foray into entrepreneurship and realizing that there was a path beyond the four that I listed that felt um, more exciting for me. And so I dabbled in a couple side projects, nothing really took off, uh, moved back to California, worked at Stitch Fix, um, which at the time was on the verge of going public. And again, another female founded business. And so I'm very grateful for these role models beyond, you know, my parents and other people that I had been raised with uh, to give me that opportunity to even think about a pivot like what I ended up doing, which is starting my own company. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Stitch Fix. Let's just like yes. go back to that. Were you in the oh. early stages? Like I remember, I think I got into Stitch Fix. I don't know. One of my friends had posted about it and this was like early on socials. And I was like, I wound up getting on to the Stitch Fix and then I was doing the quiz. And then all of a sudden yeah. my husband was like, what are all these boxes of clothes yeah. like getting <laughs> delivered? I'm like, mind your business, you know, yeah. but um, how cool. So were you on like the ground floor of like creating like the software for like all that Stitch Fix like became to be? Yeah, great really? question. <gasps> you know, what's what's yeah. so interesting about Stitch Fix, it's kind of like Silk and Sonder. I feel like they had really great early product market fit. Mm. So even by the time I joined, which was, I you know, several years, maybe four or five years after that initial um, launch of, of Stitch Fix, they were very successful by the time I, I had joined and, you know, we're doing hundreds of millions in revenue by then, but it still operated very much like a startup. So I was working on the engineering tools that the merchandisers used to plan and allocate inventory uh, so that people could get delightful, you know, box unboxing experiences. But that core experience like still exists today, right? That delightful unboxing, surprise and delight. Um, so that part I, I very much was involved in because it didn't, it, it was, it was such a core piece to the business from the start. And even by the time I got there. Yeah. Oh, so cool. Well, you kind of referenced this in the beginning, but do you feel like who you are today is sort of that childhood, you know, kind of person that you were back back then. I don't know. It's always so interesting to see like, what were you it's like so as a little kid? And, and yeah. is that kind of the same? And, you know, of course we mature and things change, yeah. but to our core, we have those things. Yeah. So, I mean, do you feel like you have a lot of those like childhood tendencies like in your soul that allows you to show up professionally now too? Yeah. Yeah. That's a great question and something that I actively kind of work on in my own coaching and also in the content that we put forth for Silk and Sonder. You know, it's been a recent revelation that us tinkering our inner child and regardless of whether you had a healthy upbringing and um, a fortunate one or not, you know, there are, there's essence, there's essence to who we are as little children and, and where, how we shine and yeah, honestly, I didn't realize it when I first started the business, but when I look at how I operate my days today and what lights me up, I definitely have noticed that creative spark is very much core to who I am and who I was as a kid. Mm -hmm. And it's not that I lost that completely, but it felt very constraining, right? When you're in college and you're competing against all these people to get that A in the class or A on the paper mm -hmm. and you know, valedictorian in high school, like all these things, it's just that's just not, that was not something that truly validated me. And I think I I noticed that switch from external validation, doing things for my parents, doing things for teachers, doing things to feel like I needed this check mark. And now I'm doing things from a place of like joy and curiosity. And even when things aren't going well, instead of attacking it as 
oh my God, I, I failed. Mm. It's more of like, oh, we have this opportunity to pivot again yeah. and experiment. And that's something I don't think we're really taught in high school and college, right? Or elementary school for that matter. It's really like right or wrong, black and white. Like it's not like that in business. In business, you might not even realize you're you're facing a challenge because it's just an obstacle that you have to overcome. And that I think that problem solving and like coming from a space of curiosity and wanting to change lives is definitely something when I think back to who I am as a person, I was always very empathetic and creative, but I was also curious. Like I wanted to solve problems. I wanted to understand why things were the way that they were. And that's so much of what I do today. Oh, I love that. And I, and I feel like the creative piece of, you know, puzzles and playing. And I mean, you see so much of that too in your journals now of like having fun and joy and gosh, what a consistent message from a lot of our guests that come on. And, you know, for our listeners is, these like check the box moments. And I think it's like a period of time where we were kind of brought up or how you were raised of like, you know, follow in the path and like do all the things. And to be honest, that's just like not what this new generation is all about. They're like, don't box me in. You know, our priorities are quite different. So I don't know, lucky for this generation. (laughs) No, just kidding. That they have individuals um, that are like us paving in the way because I don't know if you agree. Do you feel like you had a lot of mentors growing up that like really got you and wanted to see you succeed? I know I didn't, which is why I do what I do today. But what about you? That's a great question. I think um, I, I didn't have mentors. I do think there were certain teachers, like my second grade teacher and my sixth grade teacher who saw this gift in me and kind of shaped my confidence more so than my parents ever could have. Um, And I think that definitely kept me always wanting to explore more. When people said, you know, you need to focus, you need to pick one path. I was still doing like mock trial, leadership, engineering academy, like all the things because I wanted, I I felt like truly that's what, that's what I wanted to do. Um, But growing up and being in college and post-college No, I definitely didn't have mentors. And to be honest, even today, like my mentors, some of them are tactical mentors, but most of them are kind of at an arm, you know, it's, it's pretty Mm -hmm. far out there. Like they're successful business owners that may not even know that I exist or Silicon Sonder exists. And, um, I think, I think there is this concept around choosing elements of people you admire within your circle and outside of your circle and and realizing that you're not really trying to be exactly like someone else. So that notion of a true mentor may not exist, Mm -hmm. but how can we borrow, you know, inspiration from each of these folks, even if we're not necessarily connected to them? Yeah. And I, and you know, the power of networking and like putting yourself in rooms where individuals like you look up to listening to podcasts uh, there. I mean, obviously there's so many resources we have yeah. now than we ever had before. So totally. we were going to get like the yellow pages and like, like, oh, here's this business. I'd love to get to know yes. the owner. You know, there was really nothing like that back in the day. So some people listening to those podcasts yeah. probably They're don't like, even what's know what's a yellow, yellow page? page? Yeah. Oh God, there's going to be so many like social media clips. Like we'll just go, yeah. go down like, a, like an 80s and 90s path. Um, yeah, we can, that could be a whole podcast. But so motivation to, tra- to change, um, you know, coming out, kind of understanding like where you were being at Stitch Fix, getting through all the things. I know you mentioned 
a lot in, in reading about you and in all that you share that leading up to creating Silk and Sonder, mm-hmm. that you were waking up feeling overwhelmed and underfulfilled despite having it all on paper, right? Sometimes you're like, mm-hmm. oh my God, my life looks so great. But we're like, ooh, we're, we're just not feeling it. And that yeah. really hits with me because, and I also feel like a lot of our listeners can relate going through the job motions, right? And feeling Uh like life is just too short to wake up and be like, what am I doing? So was there a specific moment or realization that led you to make that transition from what I quote, like we're doing air quotes here, people, a stable career, right? Um, With what you're doing, um, you know, with Stitch Fix and like pivots there into entrepreneurship. Like what what was Mm -hmm. that moment? Like what was that motivation for change? Yeah. So I think the feelings, right, of of what you described, that was a compounding impact. Like it was almost like this quarter life crisis over time, um, probably the span of six months to a year where I was, you know, I was dating a new guy, my then boyfriend, now husband. I was working at a company on the verge of going public. I was living in a new city. I had checked everything off. I thought I was living this life that I wanted and I still like didn't feel great waking up. And, um, you know, so so that led to this journey of exploration and discovery and like fear of will I ever feel okay? Like what's going on? But the actual moment for change happened after I had started Silk and Sonder as a side project. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the journey of building Silk and Sonder was very much from a place of curiosity and discovery of myself. Like I was doing all this research on cognitive behavioral therapy positive psychology, bullet journaling, and realized, oh, you know, this tool is working for me. I'm creating this guide for myself. Why not, you know, I'm telling everyone about it. Why not bring it to fruition and give people a guided structure that's flexible for their needs, but also guided enough to help get them started, you know, to have intentions and create habits and and take action. So I did that. And I think because there were no metrics behind it, I just launched it. And I like, I I was really scrappy. I had friends that worked at Facebook, now Meta, you know, at the time they got $250 per month ad credit. I was like, can I just like use this? If you're not using it, I can (laughs) be your research project. And I did that. And I got to my first thousand customers um, through that and word of mouth. And the pivotal moment I was in Tulum, I had an offer from Bonobos as a product manager. By that point, you know, I basically created Band-Aid Solutions. I'd become a product manager at a company called Fueled and I was going to go work at Bonobos. Mm -hmm. And um, I was a CEO on the side. And my then, I guess he was then my boyfriend, you know, now husband, kind of looked at me and he was like, what do you have to lose? Mm. Like, you've built your safety nets. I'm here to support you. Like, just try it. Give yourself a timeline and see if like Silk and Sonder has legs to scale. Mm -hmm. And it was both like very scary to get that constructive feedback, let alone from someone you love. Um, but I think when he presented it to me to that way, I I realized, oh my God, that's so right. I could come back to these jobs that I've already created. That's my safety net. The bigger fear I had was around the financial risk. So I think, mm. you know, I tell every entrepreneur this, I think we don't talk about how to mitigate that risk. Everyone has a different risk appetite for finances. I know I live in from a place of scarcity sometimes. And so 
just figuring out what is your personal runway? Is it six months? Is it three months? Is it two weeks? Like just figure it out and also consult on the side if you need a little cushion, if things aren't going perfectly okay. Like you have skills that can be utilized. And that was the moment for me where I came back to Bonobos and I said, hey, I want to try my startup idea. And they said, you know, let us know. If things change six months down the line, let us know. And that, Megan, mm-hmm. did wonders yeah. because I just felt in the back of my head I could go back to stuff. Mm-hmm. And that's what led me to make the decision. And it wasn't easy. Like, it was definitely a classic story of running out of money and then being like, oh, my God, I need to really get to scale if I want to pay myself a salary. But it lights a fire under your butt. And it was awesome. And I've never looked back yeah. since. Well, I don't know what song this is from for any people that like Broadway or listen to that. Maybe you can like DM us, but it's just that saying it's either never or now. Right. Yeah. So that's yeah. so powerful. But I also feel like that, that net and I'm there with you, like shake, you might have viewers that you're talking about scarcity. I think that's the biggest, there's always some fear-based thing that holds totally. us all back. You know, even thinking of today of all the different spokes in my wheel, the businesses and things I want to create. And I'm like, ah, oh, you know, you also feel sometimes that overwhelm and then yeah. that worthiness of like, who am I to do this? Who the heck is going to buy this? It's <laughs> like, who cares? Yeah. But as long as you care, right? And yeah. like your purpose is strong. And, and I'm sure you've had to now like leave some bounds, like, you know, pitch to investors and and show up and being a part of masterminds over this pa- these past couple of months. It's so interesting of like what really gets to the core of somebody that wants to invest and sees the value in you is you. It's your passion, yeah. right? It's sometimes yeah. not always about that product. So, you know, in creating Silk and Sonder, how would you say that this tool that you developed from, you know, uh, the inspiration behind the cognitive approach and, you know, all of these self-development things. And I don't know, I feel like there's like some KPIs in there too, of just like actionable items and and situations that you need to kind of like sit down and reflect on. Like, how do you feel like Silk and Sonder really differs from everything else? Because that's, that is a key point too, because there's a million journal things out there. Just like there's a million recruiters, a million coaches, all that I do, but no one's you. Right. And I feel like there's a special surprise and delight moments that just like set you apart. So what is that for Silk and Sonder for you? What does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things that, that really set Silk and Sonder apart. So for those of you listening who don't know what Silk and Sonder is, it's a self-care and self-improvement program or method that uses guided journaling and emotional health tracking to help people discover who they are, where they want to go and how to get there. Mm-hmm. And the modal, the, the, the modes that we use for achieving that is our guided journals, which are new every month. They have a consistent structure for your habit tracking, your intention setting, et cetera, but we explore a new topic. And so there's a lot of uh, science behind what novelty does to your brain. And that's extremely unique versus other journals out there are generic. Mm-hmm. You kind of get either a year long one or even if they're monthly, it's just a planner or it's just a journal. There's nothing really that combines it. But more importantly, it's not new. So you're not exploring new areas of self. You're not building new skills. You're not uh, enhancing your your confidence or your cognitive function by uh, having that novelty effect. So that's something that's very different. And we have a companion mobile app, which houses extended content around that particular topic. And so novelty is definitely one factor. But the most important factor and what nobody is doing out there, whether you look at the comms and the headspaces of the world or any of these journals and planners, uh, which I would say are kind of like the two big 
competitor Mm -hmm. uh, buckets. No one has community as Mm -hmm. thoughtfully. They either don't have community at all or they have a Facebook group and they call it community. Um, That is my superpower. I think that is something that I think comes very natural for me and the way we organically created community at the beginning of Silk and Sonder is what's really integrated and intertwined throughout the product experience. So you get your journal, you have access to all this content that is created by the brand, but you also have access to all this content that's created by other users, just like you, mm. who really help with um, you know, figuring out how to use the different sections that work for you. And then similarly, if you're going through ups or downs, you have this entire squad of women cheering you on or helping uplift you because they've been through something similar and there's just nothing like it out there. And so I think community is hands down, you know, beyond novelty. I think that's the number one differentiator of Silk and Sonder, and you don't realize you need it mm-hmm. until you're in it. Yeah. And I feel that it's so beautiful because, you know, for other product-based brands that I love and, you know, from fitness, athleisure and whatnot, the community in finding those other people that also love that brand and like making friends. And I mean, that's the power of a brand, right? Yeah. It's like not only people buying into you, but then like you're creating this like beautiful experience for individuals to like engage and be in safe spaces with like-minded individuals and maybe be vulnerable and things like that. So uh, I just, I love that piece of it too. And I love that you, all that you have in your offerings and in terms of the monthly, um, like, I think it's almost like a key phrase for a month, right? Where you get, um, your journals and there's a beautiful handwritten note from you. And it's just like also very yeah. so personalized. Do you plan those out like years and ahead and like <laughs> what inspires you like every month? Like how? <laughs> I'm just yeah. like, how? Yeah, it's a great Where question. Do you get that from? Like help me. Yeah. Cause yeah. I do. Yeah. I mean, I do the editor's notes. We have these things called daily rituals, which are these mini mindset coaching exercises that people get access to through the app, which I record. Um, I wish it was years in advance. It's probably at most or at best a couple months in advance, just because I'm doing so many things in operating the business. Mm -hmm. But honestly, it's, it's something that I think I did on accident. Like it wasn't necessary. It was almost like because journaling so personal and, um, you know, I love what motivates me or what gets me out of bed every morning is, is hearing people's success stories with Silk and Sonder. And these are real women just like me. They might not look and speak like me, but they're every, you know, they're from every single state of the country. And it just makes me feel so connected to what I'm doing. I, I can see the direct impact that I have on the team, the team and the customers by just being me. And I think that editor's note and the daily rituals and the stuff that and my random notes on emails mm-hmm. and I, I write in Sonder Club, which is our which is our community forum, it just it just humanizes our brand. It mm-hmm. makes everyone around, you know, in the Silicon Sonder community realize that I'm on this journey just as much as they are. Like I I'm not I I'm an expert in many ways. But like every other expert, we're still dealing with our own human lives and there's something that we have to gain from everyone else. And that's, I think, the magic of Silk and Sonder. It's truly in this idea or this notion that no matter who you are, how old you are, where you come from, 
you have a story to share, you have wisdom to give, and you have something to gain. And this is what Silk and Saunders is all about. Yeah. We're all teachers and we're all students. Yeah. What did it take for you to get Silk and Saunders off the ground? So what was that? Yeah. What, was, what did that yeah. journey look like for you? Yeah. It's funny because in some ways, as much as I hate to admit it, it was a total grand pivot to what I was working on right before. Mm. So I was dabbling in a side project. It was in the luxury wedding planning space. I never really like launched it. Yeah. I was just coding it um, with zero customers and you know, user interviewing my way to death, but like not doing anything with it. So in that experience, right, I think this goes back to like, why was I not feeling fu- fulfilled? It's probably because I had this entrepreneurial bug, but I didn't feel like I had something to fully take the leap. So for two weeks, just decided to uh, try building a prototype, had a friend help with the graphic design stuff, figured out a printing press to use, printed things out initially on eight and a half by 11 to get feedback. That was our prototype. Mm-hmm. Then went and got it produced. And I told myself, if I can get $1 from this product from a non-friend customer, then I'll like start to think about this more seriously. So I didn't go from vision to then, you know, come up with a product. I went from problem I want to solve, potential product to solve that problem. And then I started to build a vision once I started to do the user research and see that we had something much bigger than the journal um, or the tool at play. And, And yeah, it was really just... I think it was under a month. It was two weeks to launch the actual product Mm -hmm. and another two weeks to try to market it. And I think within a year, we had over a thousand subscribers, paying subscribers. Did you have to do, um, to then continue to build, was there a lot of fundraising? Did you kind of like bootstrap? Like what did that look like when you hit that threshold that you're like, whoa, there's something here now. You can't do it all yourself, as we know, (laughs) or else it's very detrimental. Then what was that like next phase for you? What did that look like? Yeah. So I I bootstrapped on the side Mm -hmm. uh, and then I made a decision to go full time. Mm -hmm. And I basically had two options at that point, right? I could build a bootstrap business, try to figure out how to pay myself and go from there, or I could go out and get venture funding. And the decision around that was to really meditate on what, what am I, what's, what's my, you know, calling here? Is it, is it to just have a multi-million dollar business where I pocket most of it and, you know, I live this amazing life, like a lifestyle business, or is this something even bigger? And when I started to read my user stories and the impact that I'm having, which at the time was like a journal on a Facebook group because I didn't have funding to build the app, uh, I realized, oh my God, Silken Thunder has the potential to not just change lives and transform lives, but to save lives. I'm onto something much bigger than myself. We have to accelerate our global footprint on you know, self-care, self-improvement. We need to be empowering women worldwide and their communities, this is going to require funding if I want to get there fast, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in my lifetime. And so um, that decision to build a legacy brand really stemmed from from that observation and realizing it's much bigger than myself, it's much bigger than the journal. Um, And so that's what led to 
me going out, I did a round of pre-seed funding. And then within a year, I did another round of seed funding. And that was in the midst of the pandemic. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. And and yeah, and that decision was because I wanted to build a, a bigger platform and have more accelerated impact. I mean, what a time, you know, for the brands. Yeah. Unfortunately, for where, where I support in like retail and physical stores, having something digital, I mean, look at how many of those like digital community, like fitness and all the people, you know, who had to pivot and we were all doing the crazy like Vimeos or whatever we could to like get online. And now there's like a million like virtual tools to use, but you kind of already had something in place, right? So did you, did you feel in 2020, like, was there a huge like uptick in the business and the brand? It was really interesting, right? Because people were losing their jobs. And at the same time, people were suddenly at home forced to like either just figure it out. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, But we definitely, I think what happened in 2020, which was such, I mean, as horrible as the pandemic was, the trend that was in our favor and something that's not going away is the importance of understanding ourselves, understanding our boundaries, understanding, you know, mental health being not just a you know, sliver of your entire being, but really being the nucleus or the node of how you, how everything else in your life is going. And that shift from reactive approaches to your mental well-being to being more proactive, because all of a sudden everyone was adapting and it was so uncomfortable and we had to figure it out as an entire like world. I think that is something I couldn't have predicted, but has definitely, you know, played in our favor in 2020 and beyond. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think, you know, silicon sounder is not just a painkiller. It's also a vitamin for, for many. It's it's your daily dose of self-awareness and hopefully happiness. And I know I, you kind of took, took out the, the next question, but yes, approaching mental health from a proactive point of view. I mean, can you elaborate on the importance of that proactivity and prioritizing well-being. I mean, especially in context of like careers and personal development. But like you said, I mean, the pandemic and and even beyond, I mean, we we set our boundaries, we reset our boundaries, then we thrust ourselves back into the busy lives. And and but I will tell you what I see in the job market in this year especially is we're not putting up with the terrible work cultures anymore. Like people will just leave versus like having the Sunday scaries every day and waking up. And, you know, I I think that there was a nice movement and some people are still working through it of saying like, I'm not going to tolerate this because this is not fueling me, my soul healthy for me. But there is, it's so dangerous, you know, in these toxic environments, you know, where mm-hmm. it really, really affects that individual and it's physical, like all the things where stress can manifest. But um, yeah. yeah, how, you know, talk about the importance of that and really prioritizing being proactive and especially when it comes careers development. I mean, that's what yeah. a lot of people listening in are constantly talking about <laughs> my career. Yeah, how do totally. I, how do I survive? You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I actually I have a course on uh, core values oh. because I think mm-hmm. I think when I think about you know individuals and why we feel stressed, why we feel anxious, why we label our work environments as toxic or why our relationships as toxic, it's typically because you're feeling these feelings in your body that can be labeled anxiety or stress or burnout or um, you know sadness or whatever it might be. But it's usually because you're operating outside of alignment to who you authentically are. Mm -hmm. And in order to figure out who you authentically are, 
that's where journaling comes into play. That's where things like my core values masterclass come into play because you can then start to label, oh, I actually really care about, um, you know, being outside and I care about my being close to family. And if you don't take a step back to really reflect what gives you joy, you can't design your life around it. And so, for example, you know, when I look back, I care so much about my freedom, time freedom, you know, financial freedom, creative freedom, freedom to be my full self, all of this stuff. And when I was working my nine to five, it just felt so constraining because I couldn't just take two hours and do whatever I wanted. I had to be at my desk doing whatever task I was assigned to do. And it sounds so simple, but when you realize, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs, that is one of our core values and that's something we share. And that's why we choose to work our butts off to allow for that flexibility that you don't get in a typical job. For others, it might be safety, security, structure. And in that case, maybe you're totally fine with your day-to-day. And so I think regardless of what your career path is, you need to take a step back. And the thing I always tell companies when I um, do workshops for them is we've been talking about work-life balance for decades now, right? You bring work into home. Mm -hmm. Why is it that we can't bring a little bit of home into work? And what I mean by that is I really believe in work-life harmony. And I do think you know, you know, I, I say this with our Silk and Sonder employees. I don't think at this stage of Silk and Sonder, people can work at Silk and Sonder unless they're driven by our purpose and our impact because people work a lot. Mm-hmm. It is, it is, you know, it's not like clock in, clock out. And I think when we think about work-life balance, we think that there are these really strict boundaries, but in reality, we should be creating and fostering a culture in our corporate environments where we understand what Megan's strengths are so that we can bring more of that into the workplace. When she's having an off day, she feels comfortable talking about why, but then shows up the next day tenfold, right? right? Like I think creating those safe spaces where we can be honest about what's bothering us or what's inspiring us outside of work um, is what allows us to be more productive on the job. And so I think, I think that's the conversation we need to be having is how do we foster these environments at work that are about work-life harmony. Mm-hmm. You you shouldn't feel bad if you're thinking about work, you know, off work hours because you're so inspired by the work that you're doing if you're lucky enough to do that or vice versa. Like how do we create the space for you to come back in right. and and be like, you know, I want I want to do XYZ because I think I'm really good at it or I need to do something creative because it makes me more productive at work. Yeah. Um, and that all stems from understanding yourself. And I don't think people put in the time. They see it as work. I used to see it as self-discovery was like work. I was like, I don't have time for that. That's boring. What's that going to do? You know? And it's just a weekend project. That's the other thing. If you're feeling off, you're never going to get out of your trap unless like you spend some time on yourself nights and weekends. Just do it. Crazy. And that is something I learned going through coaching, um, really not to keep going back to the pandemic, but I think 2020 gave me a moment to be like, feeling like I was meant for more, uh, you know, still in the, in the career that I have been doing for a very long time, but doing the coaching and the work on myself, like allowed me the self-discovery of like, oh, wow, I'm here, 
but I can be here and my voice does matter and I have things to say and you kind of get out of that ego significance Mm -hmm. mindset, but you sit down and you're really like, who am I? (laughs) Like, I feel like that's what I truly had to do. And now, I mean, how lucky that Silk and Saunders out there because I know that you give so many prompts and it is hard work. And when I coach people one-on-one, it's the first thing I say in these first couple of sessions, you're probably going to hate me. You're going to be sick about writing your story and rewriting it. But if we don't face the truth about our lives, maybe what we've been through, give ourselves a little credit, right? Because I yeah. feel like we're all about just busy girl syndrome. Okay, I did this onto the next, onto the next, or yep. uh, I really haven't done much in my life. I'm like, really? Okay, let's let's take a 10-year journey. Yeah. I'm sure you've done <laughs> a lot. But yeah. we're in this like here and now where everything is Insta, instant gratification, Instagram, yeah. Insta everything where, you know, we seek all these um, immediate fixes and it's just, that's yeah. never long-term. So doing that deep inner work and that's something that's always ongoing, right? Yeah. So you can do it, but then you grow and evolve. I'm not the same person today as I was last year totally. as I was three years ago and totally. I love it, you know? So uh, it's so powerful. How do you prioritize yourself as a CEO in balancing those demands too, running a company and maintaining your own mental and emotional well-being? Like where are those boundaries yeah. and values for you? Yes. Yeah. So one thing I've learned, I think when I first started to be a CEO, I think I would try to fit the mold of what I thought a CEO should be, right? Always busy, always in meetings, like too busy for the team, not being honest about what things are bothering me, et cetera. And I have come to a realization that the best leaders are authentic leaders, right? They are who they are and they, you know, whatever that means for them. So for me, my team, my agencies, my freelancers, they know that I'm kind and I'm firm. And what I what that means is some days I'll be very direct with feedback, but it's not intended to make them feel, you know, bad or anything like that. It's truly because I believe in their potential, I believe in the work that we're doing, I believe in our mission, and so it doesn't do anyone any good by not being honest, because then I take that home and I'm like, oh, spiraling, you know, like I should have said it this way because I actually mean that this way. And so I think really giving myself permission to show up at work as I would at home and, you know, bites me in the home front too, because my team at least is moving at the same pace as me. My family, on the other hand, is not, you know, and so when I come in and I'm giving direct feedback, it's very much like, whoa, right, we're not your employee. That was me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're like, that was you're me. Like, you're I was off like, the oh, clock, sorry. Lady. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. But I think yeah. like being very honest with my needs, I am mm-hmm. so grateful to have an assistant who really looks out for me and my schedule. Yeah. And I think honestly, there are times like currently right now, I'm not really abiding by the boundaries that I normally set. I'm very strict about my yeah. morning routines typically, but because of the time change and we have some teams abroad, I'm taking meetings earlier than I would normally. And so there are times when I have to be a little bit flexible, but what that means is I might need extra time in the afternoon to recharge and then clock back in at, in the evenings. Yeah. And so I try to be really honest. One thing that um, really helps me and helps my team is when you're hired at Silk and Sonder, we ask you to write the user guide to working with you. And that allows people to be both reflective, but also honest with when they do their best work. And so we can be cognizant, right? We can't necessarily honor it, everything that that is written, but we can be aware that someone might be a people, have a people pleasing tendency. And so if we know that about them, when they commit 
to things, we might ask them, are you sure you can do it? Or are you just saying yes, because you want to make me happy? And I, I think that's something that really helps um, me and others. And then I would say I'm very, very um, disciplined or I'm very aware of what things drain me and what things energize me. And so I have a very open you know, conversation with my husband around weekend plans, what I want to say yes to, what I don't. And that's really important for one's own mental well-being and self-care is prioritizing your personal time because that is when we recharge. And that's often when we're also working without realizing it because we're thinking about the things we didn't have time to think about yeah. during the busy work day, work week. Oh, I love that you said that because I, yeah, in in any case of building a business or wherever you are in your career, I mean, there are those seasons where you have to, you know, it's the grind, you put it in. Like you said, you try to find that harmony because I think balance is sometimes BS. But at yeah. the end of the day, you know, you want to you wanna be able to, and at the end of the week, like, not look at your weekend plans and be like, why did I sign up for this? Because then that's where like the anxiety and like that anger, like fees. And trust me, I've gotten really good about saying no to things. And and you can't, you know, you would hope friends, family, anyone in your life understands, but I go back to like that Britney Spears song of like, everyone wants a piece of me. And it's truly yeah. it. Like who wants a piece of me? Yeah. Because right then on the weekends, you're like, okay, I got holiday plans or dinner with this. And, and sometimes yeah. you just want to like sit home and chill and recharge. 100%. And we need that. We need, we need that. that. It's like, yeah. you're like, you're, you have your own battery yeah. and it needs to be recharged. And some people, and this goes back to kind of core values and understanding who you actually are. Some people you know, really get recharged when they're around I other know, people. God bless like they them. just are so yeah, God bless God that. Bless you and you know there. what? In some ways I used to be an extrovert, yeah. but because my week is jam-packed with like leading my team, yeah. talking to customers, talking to vendors, like all the stuff, I'm getting that human to human interaction that on the weekends, I want to be I want to just like curl up and like read mm-hmm. or watch a movie or like journal or do whatever I want. Mm-hmm without any commitments. And you know, there's a balance. Yeah. Obviously, if I do that too much and neglect my right. loved ones, that also affects me. But yeah. yeah, it's it's a balance. Well, like you said, the energy takers and giver, I mean, it's a lot of energy that you put out, you know, being front facing oh, yeah. and holding space for people and you, you yeah. got to protect that. Um, and, and I guess I would say for anyone, look at your calendar, just even on a day-to-day basis, like make sure that you're not waking up and being like, oh God, why, why did I do this? You just don't want to, totally. you don't want those regrets, right? We call it like deathbed yeah. regrets. <laughs> like yeah. I don't want to go on my last day being like, why did I do this? <laughs> Like, yeah. Well, also, that? it's yeah. like yeah. I think also giving yourself permission to not feel guilty, right? right? Like, oh I think, god, the guilt is and, bad and too. The guilt mm-hmm. is like is crazy, and I think I think one thing I'd recommend, regardless of what mm-hmm. people's rules are, yeah. is if you're feeling depleted by the end of your week, you know, week or into the weekend, or you're getting Sunday scaries, go into your calendar mm-hmm. and look at the meetings or the people that are positive or negative, right? And not everyone has a luxury to like not attend a meeting with the person that they don't like, etc. But your weekends are perfect place to do an audit. Mm-hmm. And maybe you'll come to realize that actually spending Saturday morning, you know, an hour doing your painting stuff before you put on your mommy hat and like do everything with the kids is how you show up better for them. And unless you audit what activities and things give you joy or how it changes your energy throughout the day, 
you're never going to know. So just, just do a little bit of a, of a sweep, yeah. like check, check in with yourself. And it's not hard to put a little plus or minus around all the things that you're saying yes and no right. to, to see how it all flows. Yeah. And, and it's, it is the guilt sometimes of like saying no. And that's like a whole podcast episode of like releasing yeah. the guilt and like that, <laughs> where that stems from. We, we won't go down that hole, but those yeah. are all such great nuggets. And to just walk us through, cause I feel like it's just so powerful with all that you have going on in Silk and Sonder. Like walk us through the journal. Like what do we expect for someone, you know, turns off this episode, clicks those show notes, <laughs> goes right to the yeah. website, like give me these journals, set my gear up for success. Um, yes. What to expect? Like what do we get in those journals? Yeah. And, and just the yeah. community. Mm-hmm. Great. So um, hopefully we'll be adding a few folks to the Saunder fam after this episode, but you go to silkandsaunder.com, you choose your plan. There's monthly, quarterly, and annual options. I always recommend if you're on the fence, get quarterly. It takes 21 days to create a habit, 90 days to see transformational change. You got to kind of try it for a couple months and tweak it to see if it works for you. Most of the time it does. Um, If you're like, heck yeah, 2024, you know, I need this year to be great. I'm ready for it. Or even if you're at rock bottom and you're like, I don't know what to do, but like, I need 2024 to be my year. Mm -hmm. Just take the leap. It's way cheaper to get the annual plan. And because you've invested in yourself and we don't talk about this enough, when you pay for something and you commit to something, you show up. And that's the trick Mm -hmm. that Silk and Sonder can't control, but you can control. Mm. Um, If you're really really like on the fence, sure, you can start with the monthly journal um, and then you can decide to upgrade later. But you choose that. And while you wait for your journal, you'll start with uh, whatever month, you'll get your first full month, but then you have the option to add the second month at a discounted price. And that allows you to get started right away. We'll send the journals to you. It takes about two to five days to reach your doorstep. Uh, But in the meantime, you, it's like school. It's like college. Mm -hmm. You just get started. You download our app. You introduce yourself to Sonder Club if you'd like. You start poking around in the how-to tutorial sections. We have plenty of things on our website that really are designed to help you decide your routine. Mm. When am I going to commit to myself? How much time do I have? Do I have five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, an hour? Um, Am I feeling anxious in the morning? If so, like I'm going to commit to Silk and Sonder in the morning. If I have trouble going to bed, I'm going to do it in the evening. Mm. So you can kind of like start to sort out those routine questions. So by the time Silk and Sonder comes to your doorstep, it will be aligned to a particular theme. You will either get started right away because you chose uh, this month's uh, journal as well, or you'll wait until the for a couple of weeks until the next month starts. But you can basically attend a Sonder Social, which is a setup community event led by Silk and Sonder trained coaches. We walk you through how to actually do different sections of the journal along with exercises um, to reflect on which sections need repurposing. There's a whole chat, live chat. So customers are sharing what worked for them last month, what didn't work. So you'll hear from veterans of the group. Right. So that's um, that's definitely available for those that need a lot of um, inspiration and guidance from others. It's really fun. Yeah. It's like being in a fun you know, workout class. Yeah. So that's something I'd recommend. And then in the journals themselves, we always recommend you reflect on your previous month, you identify what you want to start, stop, continue from there. You then create your intentions. And at Silk and Sonder, it's all about holistic well-being. So we're not just picking one area of your life. You're thinking about how am I doing in my financial health, my physical health, my romantic health, all of those things. And then from there, you identify your intentions. 
there's plenty of ways that you can identify what you need more or less of. And then you go into your action plan for the rest of the month. What moods do you want to track? Do you want to track your sleep? Do you want to track your meals? Do you want to track um, your habits? Mm -hmm. You set that all up and then weekly becomes easy. Daily becomes easy because you're just checking in and you're kind of choosing whether to make your columns uh, in the day-to-day spread um, around action-oriented stuff, mm-hmm. like a to-do list, mm-hmm. or is it your space to reflect? Mm. So people kind of yeah. tend to choose Silicon Sounder as more of a planner or a journal. Yeah. And then the app is has a ton of personalized journaling prompts, affirmations, and it's, it's kind of like um, a secondary tool that's in your pocket or purse all day long. Um, so you wake up and go to bed with Silk and Sonder oh, and it's amazing. It's great. And, and too, like in, even in between work to have the app, like scrolling on your phones instead of yep. being on the Insta machine yeah. and like, Oh, so-and-so exactly. got engaged. Oh, my life is over. It's like, go exactly. on the Silk and Sonder app, like put some positive totally. like feels. Totally. It's, it's like a yeah, daily boost yeah. of positivity yeah. and everyone needs that. Yes. Even if you're like, positive poly, like you still need yeah. that extra dose of healthy positivity. What's your favorite part of the journal? Like what, do you, what did you just like love Ooh. creating about it? Yeah. Ooh. Well, okay. We're I'll good. tell you my favorite yeah. part, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you the part that I use the mm-hmm. most. So my favorite part of the journal is probably um, what I used to, what I, what I love about creating the content for Silk and Sonder is choosing the surprise and delight pages because those change every month. And, you know, we try to pick like psychology exercises, things that like a life coach or a therapist would give you, as well as those fun bullet journaling types. So that's like my favorite part. But ironically, that's what I use the least because I use Silk and Sonder more as a planner. Mm -hmm. And so my favorite page that I actually use is the weekly spread. Mm -hmm. So it's like every Sunday I have this ritual. I attend the Sonder social at four o'clock on Sundays. And from there I set up my week you know, what are the top three things I'm going to do? What's my laundry list of to-dos? What are the weekly habits? What's on my shopping list, you know, for the, for the week? Yeah. Um, sometimes I repurpose that into like a self-care bingo three by three grid. Mm-hmm. So it's just a really fun way to do that weekly check-in with yourself. And it's so well structured yeah. from, for me and for my brain. And um, it's also very easily adaptable. So I change it week to week depending on what I need, but I love, love, love that page. Yeah. And I'm totally... I'm totally scatterbrained if I don't uh, do that. Same. So. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I need to, I'm going to be the one to log off first and go by 2024 year because I'm the same. And I feel like yeah. with every, I have like 10,000 notebooks. I'm like a collector of notebooks yeah. and pens so, yeah. and cats yeah. and well, you know, all yep. the stuff, wine <laughs> as we, we've shared our love for Napa. But um, if you don't plan out your week, right, I feel disc uh, like discombobulated on a Sunday yeah. if I'm out or saying yes to something yeah. and I'm like oh why am I at this dinner I'm like yeah. I need to do my weekly planning yeah totally. do it in the morning but I think it yeah. really sets you up for success but like you said however you want to use it I also love the daily reflections the mood is really awesome yeah. like say you're feeling a certain way and you're like I gotta yeah. change my attitude or change my actions yeah. or something why are you showing up feeling like blah every day and just like really kind of checking yourself on a daily basis and like maybe some of those triggers and things like that. So, so cool. And then on the apps too, like, do you do, um, like courses or like you say, you have like speakers, are there any like other special surprise things people can look forward to or how does that work? Yeah. Yeah. 
So in our app, we have um, daily rituals, which are led by me. They're coaching exercises. So you go deeper on your silk and sauna journey through that. Um, in addition to that, we have bingos. Uh, so fun little uh, activities that you can do as a little challenge for yourself. Small things, right? Going outside, all the things that we know help yes. elevate our emotional well-being. Um, and then the courses, uh, some of them are led by me. Some of them are exclusive uh, webinars that we host uh, month over month. So even if you haven't been a member for Silk and Sonder, you can get those a la carte um, on courses uh, through Silk and Sonder's app as well as website. And we're constantly adding more to the mix. And so I always say Silk and Sonder is kind of like your self-care buffet. You have your your core, um, but then there's other things that we, that we add in uh, that you might not even realize you're already going to be paying for because we just surprise and delight you down the yeah. line. Um, as something to look forward so, to. What are something to look forward yeah, to? Yeah, what goes on in those community chats? Like, what do you? Is there a common theme that's come up? And like, oh. what has been the common theme for 2023? Like, yeah, what are people yeah. struggling with? Yeah. Well, I'll yeah. tell you this. One of the one of the things that's been on the roadmap for Silicon Sonder that we definitely are going to be doing in 2024 yeah. is making this concept around micro communities mm-hmm. and accountability pods a little bit easier, mm-hmm. right? So even without a Silicon Sonder trained coach, you guys can meet together and hold each other accountable and stay motivated. What I love in the chat is just how, so facilitators, when they, when they, when they host and the coaches, when they host these events, they're also sharing their own reflections of the week or they're, they're giving examples. And what that does is it creates a safe space for everybody who's in the chat to also share. So people are sharing their rosebud thorns for the week Mm -hmm. and the amount of vulnerability and support yeah. that we see, right? People are dealing with heavy things. Some people are losing their loved ones. Some people are um, having a new baby. Like there's positives and negatives, but the way that our community, despite being strangers, shows up for one another is just fascinating. Mm-hmm. And you see, you know, what social media has done to us. It's torn us apart. We, you know, cancel each other left and right. We're, we're comparing ourselves to others. When you come to Silk and Sonder, it's a totally different human experience. Mm-hmm. We may have completely different views of the world, politically, socially, mm-hmm. whatever, but we are on our personal growth journeys together. And so the way that one can support each other, even if you're different from one another, is just that's true humanity. Yeah. And that's what you see in the chats. That's what you see in Sonder Club. And you can even try our app for free for seven days and you'll see the outpouring of support, inspiration, um, you know, empowerment. Uh, and people are leaving Instagram and Facebook uh, and TikTok to just be part of Silk and Sonder because it gives them that social fix without it being right. social media. Uh, right. So. And then, you know, feeling like, well, we can't say that or like, you know, God exactly. forbid. And then you're right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All the things that are going on in our lives. So that is so special. And, you know, reflecting on your own personal journey before I let you go, a few more questions. What growth or lessons have you gained that you didn't anticipate when you first started this Ooh. venture? Yeah. Yeah. Great question. Honestly, I think one is I am, um, I think I'm the only one that gets in my own way. Mm. I think I've proven time and again that I have what it takes to run a successful business, inspire a team. You don't have to have previous experience in a particular discipline to figure it out. So I think that's been a huge learning lesson for me is I don't always need an expert to solve the problem. I can figure out things just by learning. And 
Um, you know, I, I think if there's one skill that every entrepreneur needs, it's to be curious. If you're not curious, if you're not interested in diving in, you're not going to be a successful entrepreneur. I think that's the number one um, trait that really differentiates good versus great entrepreneurs. And I would say the other growth lesson is on the personal growth front as well. Like I think, I think being me, like like truly accepting my quirks, mm-hmm. how I evolve over time, being okay, being honest with my team when I'm stressed or when I'm fine. You know, I think I think we put a lot of pressure, especially as female founders. Mm-hmm. We feel like we need to fit this definition of a CEO, and people just want to work. They want to feel connected to you yeah. as a human, you know, if you're and and so I think that's been a big lesson for me because I I would try to take myself out of the weeds because I thought that's what I'm supposed to do. But I realized I kind of enjoy being in the weeds and also that is what you need to do. And I think a lot of CEOs think companies can be built by just hiring people and them executing on your vision. No, you're the vision. Newsflash. And Brian, yeah. yeah, you're the vision. And Brian Chesky talked about yeah. this recently on, on a podcast. It's like, there's a difference between micromanaging and just being in the details. Being in the details is just pushing your team to think creatively, think expansively without losing sight of the vision. And I think that is something I wish I had known earlier because I made some mistakes along the way and now I'm ready to embrace it. Yeah. Like, it's okay to be in the details. Yeah. Yeah. What would you say? What are, what were some of your biggest mistakes as a founder? Was it like, just like trying to like keep all that control and I don't know what, mm. what, yeah. Cause I, th- I see that a lot with female founders, you know, and, and yeah. again, people that I have worked with that have led these multi-million dollar brands, they bring in a CEO, it just doesn't work out yeah. because like yeah. at some point you do have to like relinquish that control if you're really going to take on a team, but some people are just not ready for it. Some people are just not built for it. Or it's just about hiring those right people that can see the vision and not trying to change you because you are like what this brand is, you know? So exactly. mm, I think that, um, I think that was, so in the early days, because I'm a solo founder, Mm -hmm. the advice was always hire great, like hire leaders Mm. and they'll hire the team to execute and that was horrible advice, yeah. to be honest. It's, you know, in the early days, you even as the founder should be executing, but B, you should be hiring other leaders that are executors and not just people managers. And that's not how you should be starting your companies. And so I think that was a big learning lesson. And then on the flip side, when you do hire your leaders, I think, um, you know, I think I'm almost the opposite where I'm like, oh, yay, like I'm passing you the baton. Mm-hmm. I'm out. You do yeah. it. You can do it better than yeah. me. And that's not always the case because as a founder, you have, you have years of context, you have intuition that is undeniably just yours. And so you have to be in the room, you have to empower um, and, and, and be there as opposed to just thinking you're empowering by getting out of the weeds. And to be honest, I think that's a framing the entire industry needs a reality check on. I think that's something that, you know, it's only founders who've been in those positions really understand it. I think people, both team members as well as um, investors, I think they don't always realize the the superpower and the secret sauce of founders is also to be in the details oh, of something. Oh, heck things. yeah. Well, too, and yeah. for you and just kind of considering your team, do you have a big team and will you be hiring in the future? Like, what does that future look like for yeah. the business? Like, what, what does your team look like now? Yeah. 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 So we have, you know, we're, we're, we're kind of distributed across the 
HQ team as well as experts that are freelancers and agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have quite a quite a few people working at Silk and Sonder. Um, that said, I think you know I think of teams as kind of like sports teams, mm-hmm. right? So how do we play the strengths of our individual? individuals, what are their roles and where can they flex outside of their role? Because that's a strength that they have. I think we need to be a little bit more fluid in not boxing people in, in the early days, because everyone is somewhat of a Swiss army knife Mm -hmm. in terms of hiring plan. I think, um, it really depends on which new initiatives Mm -hmm. become things that need more hands. Um, I think, you know, I don't think it's, it's right to hire for roles that don't yet exist. It's better to kind of stretch people's roles and then identify the resource gap and then add it um, because otherwise you are managing a role that you don't even know what they're supposed to be doing. Um, <laughs> You're like, try this out. Yeah, I'm not think, setting people up for success too. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So we have, you know, we have some exciting opportunities next year, but right now we're really focused on just hiring people that are strong disciplined executors, uh, data-driven, but also creative. I always joke at Silicon Sonder, you've got to be part engineer, part creative director, mm-hmm. you know, part growth hacker. Um, and so I think hiring generalists who gravitate towards um, executing in a particular domain is is critical. Yeah. Well, another recruiter in me, I'm like, what's your hiring plan? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also two people reaching out and maybe I'm yeah. sure we're going to get lots of things from this episode, but you know, people connecting with you through the podcast, through LinkedIn Absolutely. and Instagram, and you just never know where organic talent can show up and connections totally. and all of that. And I think it's really cool to have platforms like this through the podcast too, to showcase you as like a real human and boss and people work for people. I I feel like at the end of the day, no matter how many stars you can have in your eyes about all these great brands in there and we won't go into them, you know, of like the ones that seem great, but just like art on the inside to be in a group where you feel like you have a purpose and working around people that sure can be direct. Like we're not just going to show up to work and get hugs and stickers and butterflies. Like that's not the real world, but to be seen and to be heard and to collaborate and to be able to receive direct feedback and grow. I mean, that's what it's all about. So I'm excited for your future. And what would you say is the vision for Silk and Sonder as you come into 2024? And, you know, how do you hope it will impact the lives of all of its users yeah. like heading into the new year. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I always say Silken Saunders culture is a human first culture. That's why we like when people are themselves, whether you're a customer, uh, a vendor, a uh, agency partner, or a team member. And so in 2024, I think what I would like to see and, and be able to accelerate the impact is you know, 95% of customers see an improvement to their mental and emotional health within weeks of using the program, 89% achieve their goals within their first three months. And so I think knowing those stats and knowing how transformative Silk and Sonder in its current form can be, one of the things that I want to work on is, is how do we accelerate that impact? How do we help the people that are not able to achieve those goals, you know, within their first couple of months? How can we personalize their journeys from day one, how can we make it easier to gift Silk and Sonder? How can we help spread the, the mm-hmm. word, like a, the movement that we're creating? Mm-hmm. We have so many stats that are indicative of the success that this program offers and the results that we can drive. 
but we're not just creating a product, we're creating a movement. Mm -hmm. And so I really love to see that, you know, referral flywheel effect take place. I want people to be having Sonder Sunday parties, you know, where they're dealing with their Sunday scaries, but as a, as a, as a group with their girlfriends, I want Silk and Sonder to be, you know, this new way of being. Mm -hmm. And it's really on our members to, to help, help us make that happen and our team to help accelerate the impact uh, sooner so that people can be out there sharing their stories and their transformations and um, making journaling not sound like a chore because it is such an unlock to becoming the most healthy version of you. And what an awesome experience to be able to do that with pen to paper and a program like ours. Yeah, And even for the, the generous donation gifts that you've given for some of my live events, even for that one month, I can't tell you how many yeah. messages I've gotten. And I think we need to like create like a pivot with purpose, like maybe like 20, 2024 challenge with Silk and Sonder. Yes. I don't know. There's something here. I'd love that. Oh, we're going to like Let's get a group going. Um, and yes. for all of, um, you know, all the individuals listening in in Boston, I don't know, maybe we, we need like a Sunday group too. Yes. And in real life, um, there's going to be some initiatives taken here. I'm I'm holding myself accountable and then I have to show up for you. You know where to find me. Like Megan, how are those girls? Yeah, Um, I'll show up. I'll show up to Boston. I want to do a Sonder. I want to do a Silk and Sonder Roadshow next year too. So maybe Boston will be one of my cities. Yeah. And also too, continuing on as we, we threw a huge event in September with Pivot Purpose Live, I think continuing on these community building conversations where we're bringing like-minded people in rooms, sharing, continuing like stories and wisdom and the beauty of connection and accessibility. And, you know, for these individuals where someone is like, oh my God, she would never want to talk to me or I'm never going to meet the person. It's like, Mm -hmm. yes, we're all humans. We all want to help. We all have a mission and a purpose. And I feel like your pivot with purpose seems like you just nailed it, girl. So you go and there's so much more to do (laughs) and you're just so smart and so amazing. So where are you most active where people can find you, engage with you? And then we will link all the Silk and Sonder things. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very, uh, communicative in this community about signing up and like, let's do it. Yes. Everybody pivot with a purpose. Let's so where it. can we all find you and engage with you the most? Yeah. Great question. Yes. Um, so the most obviously through Sonder club, mm-hmm. I am in there every day, all day. Um, so if you're a member, you'll definitely, we'll definitely have an opportunity to interact. And the more you post, the more you leave reviews, the more likely we're, we're able to do user interviews with you. And I conduct a lot of those. Um, beyond that, uh, definitely LinkedIn and Instagram mm-hmm. would be my go-to. So yeah. LinkedIn, you can find me there. Um, I highly recommend when you add me or co- choose to connect with me, put pivot with purpose. Oh, send her uh, a note, well as, everybody. Yeah, yes. send me a note. Send me a note. I actually read those. <laughs> yes. And if your note doesn't say anything, then it might delay the approvals. Yeah. But send me a note with where you heard about me. And then if you're a member, definitely call that out. Um, those definitely get approved right away. Mm-hmm. And then Instagram, yeah. same thing. DM me, say you heard about me through, or you heard this episode. Um, and I usually am pretty active and, and responding as of now Yay. because uh, I, I love Instagram and LinkedIn. I know, me too. Email, yeah. I'm a little, Ugh. email gets a little. There's just too much of it. I know. I feel There's so much of it. I feel like offline, I have to t- tell you about like my big tech goals for next year, but I can't spill oh, the beans yes. yet. But no, there's, there's definitely a, a more meaningful way that we can all continue to connect, especially just now networking, community, career things. Absolutely. People have just been struggling with so much. And I think the email piece of it of like, oh, especially for jobs and applications, we don't even get yeah. it, but we're just so inundated. So I do love the yeah. social element. I love that you're super active on LinkedIn and Insta. 
Um, and yeah, we'll get people signed up and excited for the new Let's year. Do it. And I'm holding myself yes. accountable. So thank you so much for all of this beautiful wisdom and information and where, you know, this, we can find Silk and Sonder and why and the science behind it. And it's just so amazing to hear that there's those proven results where people really have changed their mental health yeah. just by showing up for yourself every day, journaling, just by showing writing up. things down, yeah. having a community. It's so beautiful. So I can't wait to see you in Boston. Get ready. And yes, let's uh, do it. get ready for the inundations <laughs> of all the messages. But thank you so much. You're amazing. And then maybe see you in Napa too. So yes. Oh, yes. Let's do a little <laughs> Napa squad. I take my silk and solder to Napa and I bust it out. And one time someone said he was serving us the yeah. wine and he um, he's like, oh, uh, I know that company. Like my girlfriend loves that company. I was like, that's me. She got on the phone and she told me how it changed her life. And it was just such a special moment. So yes, okay. I'll, down for Napa, down for Boston. If you're in San Francisco, let me know. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. we will we'll see you see virtually. You we'll do these, these accountability squad parties. Love it. Thank you so much. All, All right. Thank, thank you. you. Bye, Bye, Megan. Thank you for listening to another episode of Pivot with Purpose. If you like what you heard in this episode, please tag and share us at pivotwithpurpose underscore podcast on Instagram and spread the love within your networks. For more ways to work with me one-on-one and get all access to my content, join my community by signing up at www.meganhool.com.